Hello, everyone, and welcome for tuning in to the Nature's Epion podcast. And um, I hope everybody's new year was good. I hope everyone had a great holidays. It's now over. Back to reality. Back to work. So, um, yeah, I hope everybody's getting their New Year's resolutions in and done, you know. If you quit smoking, you know, if not for yourself, maybe for the environment. You see piles of cigarette butts all over the ground. If not a better you, then how about a better planet, you know? Um, I've, um, you know, committed to like better fitness and eating healthier for this year. I had started that before the new year, but I figure might as well throw it into the resolution. But I had a stretch goal for my resolution this year. And um, that stretch goal was to bring more reusable bags with me to the grocery store. And so many times I go to the grocery store and I never bring them. So I have to buy more bags there. And where I live, they charge like a five cent sales tax on the bags to uh, to like disincentivize people from, you know, buying bags and just using reusable ones. And they used to be plastic, but they've changed it to make it better for the environment to paper. But, you know, paper still isn't like a good substitute if you want to help the environment because, you know, trees... But I guess it is better than plastic considering how toxic it is for the environment and for us once it's in like the water cycle when it breaks down into micro particles, microplastics. But uh, yeah, so I started bringing these reusable bags with me. I guess they're like nylon totes. And this was very difficult for me to do. And it's been quite the process I've been going through. And I just wanted to share my experiences with you. And the, the, the reason for the longest time I wasn't able to use these bags was because I felt it like demasculated me as a, as a man. And it felt like I was just carrying like a woman's tote or like handbag or like a purse. And I had no real way of knowing like how to properly carry it and like still try to look manly while leaving the store. You know, I always felt like maybe there was like people laughing at me or looking at me because, you know, every time I saw a guy leaving the grocery store, he was always using like the plastic bags you buy. And I just thought, see, and I, every time I saw someone using reusable bags, it was a woman. So it just like it, it just like it just seemed like this was like a masculine thing to do was always to use, you know, the bad for environment bags. So. I've never carried these bags before. I've never carried a bag before. I have no idea what I was doing. Like, all I can say was that I was confused. The people could tell I was confused. So when I first walked into the store, I had to make sure, like, the person with the like, standing by the carts and stuff knew I wasn't stealing these bags when I brought them in. I told them, I was like, listen, these are my bags. I'm not stealing these. I'm bringing them in with me. I'm going to reuse them. And he looked at me like I was some kind of moron. Like, And I was just like, listen, buddy, I know like, we're supposed to use the bags you sell, but I want to use these reusable ones to be environmentally friendly. 
and he looked at me like like I was even bigger moron. I, I didn't understand why. So anyway, I just carried on with my business, and you know I did my shopping, got my food. I go to like the till. I make sure the lady like I do the self checkout. Make sure like the lady like watching me, you know, making sure no one's stealing. I let her know. I'm like, listen, I ain't stealing these bags. She's like, she looks at me. She's like, I know you dumb fuck. She's like, they say fucking Walmart on them. And this is a goddamn fucking Sobeys. We don't sell fucking Walmart bags. And then I was just like, holy fuck. Jesus Christ. Like, I was just trying to make sure, you know, everything was fucking hunky dory. I didn't want to get in trouble or anything, but all right. Like, you must be having a bad day. So, you know, I, I get my groceries, I fill them into the bags and then, you know, I, I don't know. So I, I'm a lazy fuck sometimes. And I, I like, I had a choice here. Either I put the bags into the cart and push it across the parking lot. Or I work on my fitness goals for this year and I leave my cart in the entrance you know and i carry these bags across the parking lot to kind of like you know build up my endurance and my fitness so i thought to myself new year new me i'm committed i'm going to do this so i had about i don't know i want to say like seven bags of groceries I was really getting like a week's worth or more. And, you know, and I, I like to buy like the farm milk. So it comes in like these heavy glass ones, these heavy glass bottles, you know, and I like to get, you know, so I figure this might be heavy as fuck, but I got to do it. And, you know, I was like, how the, f-? like, and I didn't really know how to carry them. They have straps and stuff. So I figured. Okay, like, I figured if I carried them all like it was like a bag of dog shit, it would be like the most masculine way I could carry a bag. You know, like I was kind of disgusted with what I was holding, but like in a way where it's like definitely not associated with something I carry all the time. So I started carrying these like seven grocery bags like they were bags of dog shit across the parking lot. And I parked at, I always park at the end of the parking lot because there's always spaces there. And I hate just looking for a close space. I figure you'll save more time just going to an op- a quick and open space that you know is available instead of like, like praying and waiting for like the perfect close spot. And there's about an inch of snow on the ground too. So I'm carrying... And I'm trying to like maintain this disgusted look on my face, but it quickly turns into like a look of desperation as my arms begin to weaken from the weight of the bags and all the groceries. And I start walking across the parking lot. I drop a bag. Shit goes everywhere. Glass milk breaks. There's just milk, but it's like it's snow. You can't really tell. So it's like, you know, it's white on white. But there's like glass and then I'm afraid like people are going to step in it and this and that. It it was a fucking nightmare. So I didn't want to just pick up the bag with the remainder stuff in it. I want it to be like, you know, you could visibly see where somebody fucked up and dropped their grocery bag. So, you know, some, 
so I could maybe go back and get it later or let somebody else clean it up. I don't know. So I say, fuck it, no milk this week. And I keep trucking. And then I decide, you know what, this, I have to take a breather at the, you know, stop for a second. And I decide to carry them like I'm a professional weightlifter. So I figure like that will look super manly when I do it. So I took the bags and I just kind of like lifted them up like above my head. And I had my arms like fully extended straight up in the air. And I just started like walking across the parking lot towards the car. And I kind of put like a, like I didn't want to look like I was running because I thought that would look really weird running through a parking lot. So I just like had like a really fast walk. And yeah, so I had my hands like above my head. I just, you know, kind of like speed walked across the parking lot. It was cautious. Like I was always like putting my feet like, press firmly into the snow so I wouldn't like slip and fall as I was running or like speed walking get to my car put all the groceries in it's cold as fuck kind of I don't really want to turn back for this like bag but I figure like what's the point of getting these like new reusable bags if I want to help the environment if I'm just going to leave them like strewn about the environment like in this parking lot so I have to go back obviously So I go back and I pick up like this milk soaked bag, do like this massive walk of shame. And, um, I go to put, and there's a guard, luckily there's some garbage bins outside the grocery store. So I just kind of like throw the whole thing in there. And there's a guy having a smoke outside of the store and he looks at me and he's like, dude. And I'm like, what? He's like, why did you carry that bag? Like it was a purse to the garbage. And it was the most humiliating thing that's ever happened to me in my life. I I don't know. It was a horrible experience, but I figure like, this is me now. This is my life. This is who I want to be for 2022. I want to be an environmentally conscious person. And, you know, better for the earth. Um, And in case you didn't realize that was me doing a bit. I don't want to <laughs> seem like a complete uh, moron. But uh, I, th- I, th- I thought that was a good story. I hope you enjoyed it as well. But um, yeah, I hope we've all reached our um, New Year's resolutions. None of that story was true, but I have been more keen on using reusable bags. Just because... Those paper ones they give you always friggin' seem to break and you have to like carry them by the bottom and you can't do like multiple bag trips. You have to do multiple bag trips when you go into your house and that was just something that was... It's actually just something I wanted to do to be more convenient for myself. So it's a win-win. Uh, what else did I want to give a shout-out to? I wanted to give a shout-out to this nature photographer. What's his name? Renatus Jakaitis? Jakaitis? I said I don't know how to say his name. Renata, Renatus, Jakaitis. I don't know. He's a photographer. Anyway, he took a picture. This picture looks pretty cool. Check it out online. I don't think he has Instagram. He might. There's lots of hashtags of his photo on Instagram, though. So people are obviously jacking his photo. But uh, anyway, this picture looks like a three-headed deer. And there, it's it's just more or less an optical illusion of how the deer are all standing in the photo. But it still looks really cool. So... What happened was, I guess, was that the deer jumped the shutter. 
And by that, I mean, they kind of like heard the shutter when he took the picture and they like, I guess he was probably taking a few and, um, they all looked over and it looks like a three headed deer. So I don't know, just a shout out to that picture since, you know, I'm trying to, trying to wrangle up a nature photographer to, um, get them on the, uh, podcast here, do a little bit of an interview. Um, let's see what else I want to talk about. There was a study by the Max Planck Institute of Animal Behavior in Germany. Pretty cool little study. I think there might be a paper on it. Um, it was basically a paper that um, showed that crows, you know, like the bird, value different kinds of stick tools differently depending on the rarity and effectiveness of the tool. Um, so it turns out that these crows kind of uh, valued sticks with a hook on the end as opposed to just like a plain straight stick. And, um, you know, these hook sticks obviously are, it's harder to find like a perfectly hook stick, I guess, as opposed to a straight one. So, you know, these hook sticks, they come from like more scarce plants and stuff like that. They're kind of harder to find that perfectly meet their kind of like criteria or needs for like, however, they're, um, like, uh, harvesting or like whatever the foraging task is for them. You know, if they're trying to get like some bugs out of like a little hole or something. Uh, and in like some cases, depending on the foraging task for them, it could, I guess the study shown that like these hook sticks could be like 10 times faster. And, uh, they would hold onto these tools longer or remember where they placed them because I guess they realized that they're kind of hard to come by and they're a lot more effective. And I suppose that's how the study showed that they like value them more is that, they pretty much disregarded straight sticks. Like, oh, I can find a straight stick anywhere, but this like hook stick, it's a little harder to find. So I'm going to keep it around longer and that kind of thing. Uh, so I guess we could say that crows are essentially in the stone age. As far as their evolution is concerned, the next thing they just got to start fucking with is fire. And then once they have fire, you know, they're laughing, you know, and how, how much of a stretch is to think that maybe crows will start cooking things one day? Like they'll just like start seeking out like human campfires or like lightning strikes or forest fires and like just roasting whatever the fuck they're eating on it gently before they consume it. And they just seem to prefer it or something. I don't see that as too much of a reach. I mean perhaps uh, I can't really see them starting fires that'd be insane could you imagine what a problem that would be if like crows like just started like starting fires just because they're just like they've just take like some like flint stone and just like start sparking it on the ground near some like dry grass and they're just like trying to start these little fires and then they're also responsible for all these forest fires and like burning down people's houses i feel like if they started doing that humanity would just have like this all-out war against crows And it wouldn't be good for the species. So let's not imagine that. Um, what else do we got here? Another cool research paper. I don't know if it's a recent one, but I came across it in my diving into like the interwebs. So I thought I would share that with you. We got um, this paper called 
from fish out of water to new insights on the on navigation mechanisms and animals. So the reason I'm bringing this up is because they basically put a goldfish on top of like a robot with wheels and it allowed the fish to like transverse the landscape or like the landscape um, while in its bowl. And I thought that was the coolest fucking thing I ever read about in my life up until this point. Uh, I thought it was so cool. In fact, I had to immediately share it with my friends. I brought it. I proposed it to them as a business idea. I said, guys, I got a business idea. What we do is we get fish bowls. We attach them to the, on top of like skateboard like robots except well you know the wheels are more you know universal they can kind of move in all directions basically a shopping cart and we put a sensor below or above the bowl that tracks the fish's movement and that decides the direction in which the robot will move and we could put them in pet stores and we'll sell them to people and then people can have you know their pet fish follow them around the house or like navigate around the house so even though they're like confined to like a bowl and i guess we could get tanks on there too so depending on the size of tank or bowl you want you know your fish doesn't only have the ability to move around its bowl but it can move its bowl around you know your house so if you got like an open concept house you could move the fish you could let the fish move around your house like a cat or a dog and like I feel like who wouldn't want that? Like you come home instead of your dog or your cat coming to the door to greet you. They're excited to see you after a long day of not seeing you. It's a fuck your pet fucking fish. How fucking cool is that? And it's like a robot. So you basically have two fucking cool pets in one. You got a robot pet robot and a pet fish. Either that or you come home and your pet fish is dead on the ground and there's water damage all over your floor and glass everywhere from the fish going down the stairs but i suppose we could put in like physical barriers to prevent that from happening and also try to program the robot to avoid stairs i feel like you know you come home after a long day at work crack open a brewski you know the fish is standing or like you know the robot fish is like standing at the fridge door with you crack crack open a little can of fish food for it throw a few pebbles in there he's like just says like thank you follows you back to the couch sit down put on your favorite movie probably like jaws to make the fish happy and um you know just sit there with your chilling pet goldfish and you and your beer i feel like it's got like uh i feel like a lot of people would want that you know have like you could bring it out on walks with you maybe the the robotic fish pet fish um on a leash we could put it on a leash have a great time um yeah i don't know my friends weren't very very well receptive of it i kind of pitched the idea of maybe putting like a fish bowl on top of a roomba you know, like a vacuum. So as your fish navigates your house, it's also cleaning the house. 
like it's a double useful like incentive that I feel like you know my friends aren't really appreciating but uh maybe you think it's a good idea so I'm sharing it with the general public now in case this idea, you know, obviously I'm not going to make my millions of dollars off it now that I've shared it, but it's just an idea that I love so much that I just want it to exist in this world. So if I can't make it and be like, you know, the engineer and the businessman that brings it to reality, maybe one of you can. And I just want to live in a world where I can come home to my robotic fish. You know, I just want, I'll, I'll provide the ideas and not expect any kind of monetary return on it just so that I could live in a world where you can be greeted at the door by your pet fish. Um, uh, it's a great idea. My friends clearly have dog shit for brains, but it's okay. I love them nonetheless. We're not perfect people. We can't be. And, you know, maybe I'm in the wrong, fully aware that that could be a, a reality here. But, um, you know, I feel like they've just missed a grand opportunity. Now that I put it out into the the uh, zeitgeist of the world, into the the collective mindscape of the internet, that f- idea is forever out there. Now it's a competitive field. It was it could have been we could have you know run the monopoly on the robotic fish market. Now it's uh now it's up to the free market now to decide. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, what else can I say about that? Um, they, I guess these researchers train the goldfish to use the FOV, the uh, fish-operated vehicle. I don't know how the fuck you would train a fish. Like, you put a little helmet on it, little, like, fish jumpsuit, and you, like, I don't know, take it around, like, some, like, driver's test course and, like, I don't know, maybe you give it a little pellet every time it does well on a stop set of stop sign or something. I don't know. Um, eh, yeah, it tested navigating towards a target in an unfamiliar environment. So I guess they gave it something the fish would really want, like probably a bigger bowl or like a really big piece of food or like the ocean. They're like, there's your target. <laughs> Drive towards it. Um, yeah. Super cool. Thought I would share that with you. Hopefully you guys can connect with me on Instagram or something and let me know uh, if you think it's cool too. Let me know if my friends are right. It's a stupid fucking idea. Or if my friends are wrong, it's the most greatest idea known to humanity in 2022 probably. Uh, the last thing I wanted to talk to you guys about is um basically... This is a big deal. This is for the first time in history that we know of that we're sending earthlings, that we have the possibility of sending earthlings to another star at the approaching the speeds of light and could get there within 20 years. The hook with that or the catch, the catch with that one is that these earthlings they're not human these are tardigrades and uh sea elegans those roundworms slash nematodes they think they can uh they think they found a way possibly a little research probably more required in uh 
engineering, but I think they found a way to send these fuckers like 25 to 30% the speed of light, which is fast as fuck sun. And basically just point it in the direction they want to. So how are they going to do this? So they got this thing called a wafer. This wafer is like a, they call it like a wafer spacecraft. It's powered by a laser beam. It's powered by laser beam photons. So basically light. And, um, this thing in theory could go from earth to Mars in like three minutes or the nearest star in 20 years. So that should give you an idea about how fucking far the nearest sun is like near star is from us. Um, this is from the university of California, by the way. So I guess they found that, uh, that the mass of these crafts that these wafer spacecrafts could reach about a gram level or higher in like weight, I suppose. So that made it sort of when they discovered that or realized that they quickly realized, fuck, we can send life forms either so they could send the nematodes or the tardigrades but they could also send like uh i guess micro robots like microscopic robots and stuff like that uh the sea elegans they're no they're no uh they've they've, they've been to space before they're no newbie to it uh they've been to the international space station uh they've been on the, the space shuttle and they even survived the tragic disintegration of uh the columbia space shuttle uh so the thing is with tardigrades or more affectionately called uh, water bears they can actually be put into like suspended animation so all their like biological effects are basically just like turned off they're basically put into like a state of death but they're able to come back to life and they feel like they could probably put them into this you know suspended animation send them off onto this like space wafer towards the desired location so probably like the next closest solar system next closest star and then uh they can precise and i guess they have a way to precisely monitor for detectable effects of interstellar travel on their biology and they can relay that information back to earth with photonic communication so this i think possibly it could also possibly go nowhere it might be like a massive new field into like space exploration for humanity. And I mean, it's one small step for earth kind one giant. I fucked that up. I don't even know, but it's like, Hey, it may not be humans, but it's still earthlings. Like we're doing things. We're doing things, guys. We're getting them. We're, we're, we're going places. We're going places fast. 25%, 30% the speed of light. Fucking huge. But like, could you imagine we send like these nematodes and these tardigrades, basically like these like macroscopic insects or like bugs or whatever the fuck they are to like this new planet and they just completely fuck up the planet. <laughs> like they're they're just like these horrible aliens and like if you look at them under a microscope they're fucking horrifying they're just basically like a worm and like i don't even know like this like water bear like fish with the could you imagine like 
somehow the conditions on that planet like induce like hyper evolution for them they become like giant and they just start like terrorizing this planet it's just like fucking aliens and then it's like an attack of the aliens and it's just from a bunch of assholes on earth propelling shit through space like 30 percent of the speed of light just to just to fuck with the rest of the universe and then earth instantly becomes like the most fucking hated place in the goddamn galaxy if not universe and everyone just wants to figure out a way to fucking stop us from sending these fucking micro macroscopic things throughout space just for the just because we can like just fuck it like yo let's get them going like and they just start fucking frisbeeing i don't know sometimes we need sometimes we move so fast we need to take time to slow it down you know and think about the repercussions of some of the stuff we might be doing may have but uh nonetheless it's it's scientifically exciting um perhaps incredibly detrimental if they want to put these on an actual like planet or something and it completely just like fucks it up or something it basically like here, here's an invasive species not just from a different continent or a different like biome but from a completely different fucking solar system enjoy plop just drop it in there just fucking wreaks have it attack of the fucking water bears and nematodes like it's <laughs> the two most savage creatures to ever hit Calaxian kind from or whatever fucking whatever they're called on that planet and then they just become known as like earthlings like they came from earth these fucking earthlings and they don't even think of like earthlings as like humans anymore they just think of nematodes and fucking water bears just like these we basically earthlings are just known as parasites at that point on it wouldn't surprise me this like whole story like just wouldn't surprise me if that's what earth becomes it's just like this quarantine zone just the rest of the universe is just like just stay the fuck away from us you pieces of shit can't fucking stand you <sighs> anyway i think that's all i got for today folks a little half hour banger for you hopefully it was a pretty good episode um i hope people listen long enough to know that that first part wasn't <laughs> wasn't true and holds <laughs> just thinks i'm a fucking weirdo for the rest of my life but um hopefully they listen through um if you're a nature photographer if you're into the outdoors if you're into outdoor recreation of any kind if you're into environmentalism and you know you're rocking it um reach out to me on instagram send me a message we can do up an interview i don't care how small time you are how big time you are we can do a chat a little bit of a chat maybe um you know hopefully we do an hour we can do an hour or something together just talking about you know shit you like to do for fun you know some of your best stories you got um yeah you can find me on instagram at epion explorers e-p-y-o-n-e-x-p-l-o-r-e-s uh if you're enjoying the content i'm putting out it always does me a great help by, you know, following me and supporting me on Instagram and like Spotify or whatever, wherever you get your podcast, you know, hit that like button, that little subscribe button. Some platforms have the notification bell. You give that a hit. So it gives you a wrinkle dingle. And then you got, um, what is it? I don't know. Comment sections. Is there comment sections on these things? You know, throw, throw a little comment, uh, share. Share is probably the biggest one you could do to help. 
Braid. Braid's like a new button you can do. You can raid her up. You know, obviously, I want to get high ratings. I want to be, you know, considered good. But maybe I'm not good. I'm probably not. But maybe you can lie for me. I don't know. I'm not asking you to lie. I don't want you to be a liar. But give it your honest opinion. If I'm a two, give me a two because then I can improve and I can become a five. If you tell me I'm a five all the time when I'm actually a two, I'm going to stay a two for the rest of my goddamn life. Nobody wants to be a two for the rest of their life. They want to be fives. Um, yeah, but the share sharing it would be the best thing you could do, you know, even by word of mouth, sharing with a friend with similar interests as you like, Hey, Hey man, I heard you like nematodes and like three headed deer and, you know, using reusable, uh, grocery bags. Uh, I think you might, uh, I think you might enjoy this podcast, bro. Just give it a check. I gave it a 2.5, but I think you might give it a three. Give it, a, give it a look. I think that always helps, you know. So anyway, guys, this has been the this has been a blast. Uh, I hope you enjoyed. I think this is episode fourteen of the Nature's Epion Podcast. Podcast. Check it out. Check it out. All right. Until next time. Cheers. <laughs>